Hey, everybody, and welcome to today's News Tonight, the weeknight news show where we're joined by special guests and our wonderful patrons to discuss the day's gaming news. I'm your host, Ash Paulson, and I'm joined, as always, by my wonderful friends and GVG co-founders, Steve Bowling and Derek Bittner, along with another very dear friend of mine, Iron Andy. Andy, man, how's it going? Thank you so much for being on the show today. Wow. You know, I was laying in bed last night, and I told my wife, man, if I ever get to go on to GVG, that's when I know I've made it in life. And then my wife told me to shut up and go to bed. But... I've made it. I'm here with you guys. (laughs) Dreams do come true, everyone. Who knew? Well, it's our dreams that are coming true today, man, because you are here with us. We're we're so happy to have you here. And uh, now, I don't don't, just want to hazard a guess. I'm guessing maybe the reason you go by Iron Andy is possibly, maybe, because of of your Iron Man fandom as evidenced by the Iron Man helmet uh, right next to you. Well, uh, normally on stream, I uh, will wear this helmet, and I have mounted some headphones on the inside. <laughs> I so debated cool. on it, but you know what? This isn't about me. This is about video games. This is about having Indeed. Some, some chatting about some hot goss with the video games. So. Heck yeah. I can just imagine you putting on that helmet while playing Iron Man VR. Like if you put the VR glasses right. on and all that. It's not oh, possible. Man. I've tried. Ugh. <laughs> That's I can't shame. get my VR headset to fit in there. I, I hope you at least wear that every time you play Marvel's Avengers, though. You, you have to to wear that every time you play Avengers, right? Yes, yes. And, okay. and uh, all my other characters are pretty low-ranked, low except for Iron Man, who's of course. jacked into the sky. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> jacked nice. into the sky. Well, on that note, uh, we do, as always, have a sponsor for today's episode, and uh, that sponsor is today... Chip Damage Mike, who says, Hi, my name is Mike, and I win all my fighting game matches via Chip Damage. I am also plagued by being interested in too many things. Movies, comics, manga, anime, video games, toys, and all nerd culture have their hooks firmly embedded into my brain, and I just want to talk about it. Over on my channel, Chip Damage Mike, we look at rare, weird, and valuable games on all platforms, ranging from oddities like the Neo Geo Pocket to the big ones like the PS4. I'll also be going over toy releases from companies like First Four Figures, Figma, and Kotobukiya, as well as discussions on where to start on big franchises like Yakuza and Final Fantasy. I want this channel to be a positive force where enthusiasts and collectors come together over their shared love of nerd media and culture. So get hyped, and please click on over and subscribe to Chip Damage Mike on YouTube, and let's have some fun. In addition, uh, in celebration of Godzilla vs. Kong's release today, uh, they recently released a video on Godzilla collectibles ranging from video games to official Godzilla whiskey. I had no idea that existed. What? I added that. That is not your damage, Mike. Uh, also, please look forward to a video on which PlayStation Network games to download before the PS3 and Vita shops are closed. So thank you so much for your sponsorship, uh, Chip Damage Mike. We just appreciate you so much. And uh, I'm going to, as always, post a link to your channel in the chat right now. So you guys can go ahead and if, if uh, subscribe. If that whiskey is not called Atomic Breath or something like that, they missed an opportunity. Right? Yeah. Um, okay. So for those of you in our live audience, I just pinned uh, Chip Damage Mike's YouTube channel to, uh, to the chat. And those of you watching the VOD version, you can find a link to his channel in the description below. And uh, let's just you know pump those subs up as much as we can. And once again, thank you so much, Mike, for your support. We just, it means the world to us. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Thank mm-hmm. you. Thank you. And and I really yes. want to know about this Godzilla whiskey. I I, <laughs> I, I, I don't even like now. whiskey and I'm, I'm interested. I, I, yeah. I, I, I got to say whiskey is one of those things I drink and it's like, oh, okay, I'm good. Yeah, I can't. 
Uh, whiskey's not right my here. thing. Whiskey, this boy. <laughs> yes. That's my thing. Nice. That's a man uh, of taste right I, there. I have friends right. that get together and they'll have a glass of whiskey and the cigar and they just have that traditional thing. I'm like, you know, good on you. I can't join. Oh. I can't can't smoke. I can't I can't have Look, whiskey. I, it's just I too much. I enjoy whiskey quite a bit, but a cigar just Same. <laughs> that sounds disgusting See, to me. The only like hard alcohol I can really like not hate when I drink it is vodka. Like, like I, I won't do shots of anything except vodka. Tequila occasionally when I want the clothes to come off, because as we all know, tequila <laughs> makes the clothes come off. Wow. But bad, generally, bad. <laughs> no, but seriously, vodka is really all I, I drink when I'm like doing shots because everything else is so gross to me. And vodka isn't that much better, but it's just mm-hmm. I can tolerate it better for some reason. Yeah, being being over here in Michigan, we have a lot of uh, really good wineries and distilleries. And uh, one of my favorite whiskeys is from a company called Traver- Traverse City Whiskey Company. And they make a cherry whiskey with cherries Ooh. they actually grow Ooh. in Traverse City. Hmm. And it is smooth and it is nice. It's not like a whiskey I drink every day. I mean, I shouldn't drink every day. <laughs> <laughs> right. Just in general. Yeah. But it's Hey, it's I won't tell anybody. Good. Hey, and, and man, it's always 5 p.m. somewhere, right? So if you drink every day, sure. I won't tell anybody. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, sure. Well, as much as I'd love to keep talking about alcohol, uh, I think we have some video game news to, <laughs> to, to get to, guys. So let's go ahead and get that first topic up on the screen. And this was posted in our Discord by Jess and uh, Nexon, the company behind uh, games like MapleStory and Mobinogi, has invested nearly $900 million into Sega, Bandai Namco, and Konami to aid them in developing and sustaining strong, globally recognized IP. Um, So this is really interesting. And not only have they invested this much money into those companies, they have gone right out and said they have no intentions of trying to make any acquisitions or want, you know, buying any IPs. They just want to boost the industry as a whole. I want to believe them at their word. I, I don't have any reason not to, but that's a lot of money to invest just for the health of the industry. Um, how are you guys feeling about this? I mean, it feels like a huge PR gain. Like, yeah, that's the only thing right. I can think that they'd be getting out of it. Yeah. Huh. I mean, I used to work for Nexon. Uh, I was a, a like a low level, I was a GM, like entry level employee for a year or so. I was a GM for MapleStory and Mabinogi. It was a good enough experience. I had no complaints about the experience, but this just, I know they have gobs and gobs and gobs of money. They're wildly successful. But yeah, it's a great PR grab, like you said, Andy. But beyond that, it does seem to really be what it says it is on its face, just a an, an investment for the good of the industry. Well, let's let's be real though. There, you invest to get a return, right? I mean, it's not right, they, right. it's not a you know loan without <laughs> terms. It's not like they just gave them money. They invested in those companies. So, I mean, they the the cynical business reason is that they want them to do well so that they get that money back and then some. Uh, you know, when they right. eventually sell off. Whatever, right. whatever their stake is in the company, probably non-voting shares or something like that. I mean, it's not super mm. specific, and there's a very good reason for that. But because <laughs> right. um, yeah, you just I, look at this and normally it's like, oh, that's really nice of them. I do love the idea of Nexon investing just to, you know, again, you know, they want these guys to do well so that they get that nine. What was it? Nine hundred million. Yeah. 900 million bucks, yeah. Yeah, so that they get that back, right? I mean, I wish I had 900 million to gamble with. <laughs> yeah, Don't I we mean, all? Yeah, I definitely nice. wouldn't put it on Sega, but... Um, I mean, I'm honestly... Well, 
Well, Konami does well. I just it's for strengthening their globally recognized IP. I don't see Konami doing much with that money. Yeah. 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 Uh, Sega and Bandai Namco, sure. Konami, I- I'm not so sure. But okay. uh, as as the Final Weapon story, which is uh, this is where the story comes from, is FinalWeapon.net. They do mention that this move could especially help Sega, uh, who have been suffering, you know, losses year after year recently. Um, you know, especially in the light of having to restructure recently. So. Hopefully this 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 will help Sega out, but as you said, Derek, I don't think Konami's going to do much with it. You know, the, <laughs> you know, the interesting thing is, as much as I love and I do love Sega still, uh, when I think people that respect their IP, like Sega and Konami, are close to the bottom of that list. I mean, <laughs> Sega, yeah. Sega ignores ninety percent of all their IP, and Konami ignores more like ninety nine percent of all their IP. <laughs> right? Uh, yeah. Maybe maybe the CEO of Nexon was as upset with them as we are, and he's like, "I'm just going to give them millions and tell them to make something for God's sake." Make me Castlevania. Right. Make me yeah. Silent Hill. I don't care. Just make it. I know. Well, make speaking it. of of their CEO, uh, his name is Owen Mahoney, and and he this is what he had to say about about the the investment. We believe companies with strong, well-managed global IP are often overlooked and undervalued in a market that is narrowly focused on introductions of new IP. These investments reflect our respect for management teams that create and grow global properties over a period of years and decades. We believe that each has potential to capitalize on the secular shift from linear formats to interactive entertainment. So a lot of buzzwords there, but essentially (laughs) he's kind of encapsulating what you said earlier, Steve, about, you know, this being what they see as a long-term investment that they will eventually capitalize on because a, a rising tide lifts all boats, as they say, right? Yeah, I I imagine that this was just he had his chief marketing officer in the room with him when he was on the uh-huh. phone with Sega, and he's like, "I gave you millions, make Sonic Mania too," and then just hung up the phone. He's like, hey, "Yeah, that sound good." Like I'm a nice. He guy. just really wanted a very certain game from each company. It's like, all right, I like I need Pac-Man World Four, I need Sonic Mania two, and I need I don't know New, New Castlevania. Just get on it. Yeah, right. He's like, I've right. I've essentially funded development of all three. Go get to work. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. But uh, well, hopefully, hopefully, all three uh, publishers or developers can you know make good use of this investment. Uh, as you said, Derek, I don't have much hope for Konami, but at least the other two. Hopefully, we can see some cool stuff. Bond and Amco use this to bring back Clonoa, please, please. <laughs> Pro- probably <laughs> should not do that because it won't what, go anywhere. But you'd make me whatever happy. Whatever happened to Clonoa Encore? That is the question. Right? Where is that thing? I mean, even if it is just a a port of the Wii remake of Clonoa, it's still something. So yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let's go ahead and move on to our next story. Uh, kind of a series of stories, actually, uh, regarding Neontic's new Pikmin mobile game. Yes. All right. So this this kind of uh, series of stories was posted in our Discord by Mole, Dan and Twistle, and Lucas. And uh, let's go ahead and start with the fact that the uh, Pikmin mobile game can uh, is now being tested in Singapore already. So if you happen to live in Singapore... Uh, or can GPS spoof, I guess, if that's how that works. And like, you, as if you are in Singapore, you can try this game. And uh, because of that, certain gameplay details have started coming out about the game. And uh, I guess the, the game doesn't even have a name yet. It's called Pikmin App Early Access still, so it doesn't even have an official name yet. And uh, it sounds as though the main me- gameplay mechanic has to do with step energy. I guess walking generates step energy. And that allows you to grow Pikmin from seedlings, which you can then name and feed. You can feed them nectar oh, no. and make them bloom with Oh, no, you're flowers. naming the Pikmin? That's not yeah, a good idea. That's not. <laughs> yeah. We discussed yeah. this earlier. If mm-hmm. and when I accidentally kill my Pikmin, I will be even more devastated. 
right? Yeah. Um, so I am, I am decidedly probably the the least ardent Pikmin fan here. I'm not super into the series, but uh, of the three of you, are, who is our biggest Pikmin fan here? I'm I'm a pretty big Pikmin fan, but I'm also a very big fan of uh, Nintanic. I'm uh, addicted to Pokemon Go, very much <laughs> so. My wife and I, uh, at least uh, you know, a couple times a month, we'll, we'll like, hey, let's go Pokemon hunting. And it, it sounds silly, but it's just a nice way for us to get outside and enjoy uh, the fresh air and, uh, and you know not be cloistered inside. But I've sunk so many hours into all the Pikmin games that this just sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. It's definitely feels less gamey from this description because um, according to the Eurogamer article, it says, in other words, it sounds like the more you walk around your local area, the more you enc- you'll encourage Pikmin to grow. You'll also be able to send Pikmin out on expeditions to gather seedlings from places you've walked already. Selecting display flower trails with others will optionally allow you to share- show the routes you've walked for the past five days, along with your me-like avatar and Pikmin. All seven species of Pikmin are, include- are included uh, and expected to in- appear, and additionally, there's going to be costumed decor versions of Pikmin, which will appear in certain areas. So, it really just seems like you're walking with Pikmin, finding more Pikmin, and walking with those Pikmin and just growing a whole <laughs> horde of Pikmin to follow you around like Olimar and not actually do anything with them. Well, I, I guess yeah. according to the Nintendo Life article, sometimes your Pikmin will pick up a postcard, which is a digital image of Pikmin out and about on their adventure, which uses real-world photos shared by Pokemon Go and Ingress players. Ingress is another Neontic game. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it does seem a little less gamey and more kind of, that I guess the focus seems like it's on the AR aspect, right? It, it doesn't seem like there's necessarily as much of a game aspect going on here as Pokemon Go, at least yet. Yeah, I mean, with Pokemon Go, you have obviously your trainer battles and taking over gyms and stuff like that. So, but I mean, I remember when the game Pokemon Go first came out and it, it kind of had some of the issues where there wasn't a ton of stuff to do at the beginning. Like you could go yeah. challenge gyms, but that was about it. So mm. maybe they're going to be taking the, uh, taking Pikmin and just building upon it. Like, Hey, we're going to put it out in Singapore, see what people think. Uh, and then go with that. I mean, I have a lot of faith in it cause I, I'm, I'm just, you know, a sucker for those kind of apps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm, I'm really hyped about this. I, I don't know why I'm hyped about it because like, <laughs> right? it doesn't sound like there's a lot of game here to play, but uh, I mean, it's on Android, so getting the app shouldn't be too hard. It'll be figuring out how to actually make it playable if you're not in Singapore, which I'm pretty sure there's also an app for that. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. uh-huh. like, spoof your location so that it thinks you're in Singapore, because Pokemon Go players did this back in the day to, like, yep. participate mm-hmm. in events that were nowhere near them. And so yep. I imagine spoof. the method would be the same, yeah. and then... I, I'm not going to lie, man. If I can get this to work, I'll, I will be walking around <laughs> doing whatever it is you do in this thing tomorrow. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm, I'm excited for this. Uh, I I think it's just uh, I like Pikmin a bit more than Pokemon, which is probably sacrilege to some of the folks here in, in the chat, but or maybe even here on the panel tonight. Uh, <laughs> but you I don't like know, what you like. Yeah, I've I've yeah. always just thought Pikmin were were I've felt an emotional attachment to my Pikmin more than I have my Pokemon, and I think that's just I don't I don't know it's maybe because they feel more helpless, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. 
you are using them as as cannon fodder. So yeah, quite literally. <laughs> they must I mean, be protected. I will they, laugh they if all of a sudden you they spend the first six months of the game is like, all right, we're the, the, nice and chill. Cultivate your f- friends. You're getting all these like Pikmin. It's like, oh yeah, it's the red Pikmin, uh, Steve. The the blue Pikmin, Gary. The you know whatever. For all the different Pikmin, I love all my Pikmin. Now we're introducing Bulborbs. Right. Oh, Have fun. <laughs> now your Pikmin can die. Well, and the fact that you can name them, as we were mentioning earlier, that's going to make it even... I mean, even as a non-Pikmin fan, the little bit of, of Pikmin 3 that I played, 1 and 3 actually that I played, I didn't name them, but I felt horrible when they died. Even when 1 would die, I felt bad. So the fact yep. that you can name them and actually idea. personalize them, that's terrible. Um Angel Martinez in the chat says, time to name all red Pikmin Steve. That's rough, man. That's ouch. <laughs> well, that's see, rough. That's a, I believe that's fine. a reference to Chugga because when he did oh, his Pikmin okay. playthroughs, he always had a red Pikmin named Steve that he would try to, I think, keep alive. Or he'd just say, that one's Steve, and he's alive still. So. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, okay. Kind of an ongoing thing. <laughs> well, as Christian Vasquez says, nah, Steve Pikmin is the best. I think we can, we can all agree that Steve Pikmin are the best Pikmin. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I have very little interest in this again, stemming from my lack of interest in Pikmin as a whole, but I, you know, if it, if it evolves over time into something that sounds interesting to play, I'm game to check it out. Who knows when that'll happen, but so far it sounds as more like a proof of concept thing than anything. To be fair, a lot of the more game gamey elements of Pokemon Go weren't there at launch either. Um, totally true. Right. You know, Pokemon Go, a lot of people were like, yeah, you just walk and you catch Pokemon and then, and then you have Pokemon. And it's right. uh, Niantic, I, Niantic. I don't know how you say their name, uh, but they've done a great job of updating Pokemon Go over the years to make it yeah. more engaging. Like, uh, I, I'll be honest, Pokemon Go was never my thing, uh, but my wife has only very recently got into it and I've been watching her play it and I'm like, wow, there's so much more here than i remember uh so it is really impressive you know they they have a great track record of dramatically improving these games over time so i mean pikmin is not even officially named yet so i would bet that we'll see more you know added to this but i do agree with you ash it feels a little anemic right now right and it's funny with with pokemon go because i totally agree with everything you just said but I, even though they've added all this stuff, I really don't care about much of the gameplay in Pokemon Go even now beyond yeah. just catching and finding Pokemon because I don't really find the battle mechanics all that interesting in Go. They're really um, not. But yeah, and like my wife and I were obsessed with Pokemon Go for like the first year and a half. We would go out on walks all the time and try to collect, you know, collect, catch as many as we could. Um, but then some, sometime around Gen 3, I think is kind of when we dropped off, maybe Gen 2. And it was because when they were cracking down on all the GPF spoofers, as they should have, they also cracked down on all the trackers. And I get why they did it conceptually, but at the same time, I never wanted to spoof, but I also didn't want to waste my time walking aimlessly. So I would use those trackers to be like, oh man, I'm going to go out on a walk right there, right now to get it. And not cheat, but at the same time, just use it as a way not to waste as much time, I guess. It's kind of hard. Like, I get why they did it, but it kind of diminished interest in the game for me a little bit. I'm curious how how successful this is going to be because Pikmin has never been a best-selling series. So I'm not sure this will – well, this will definitely not catch on in the same breadth yeah. of uh, Pokemon Go. Harry Potter from Neontic didn't even catch on as much as Pokemon Go. So right, exactly. There was something – some special magic in a bottle that Neontic had. And I think that, that this feels like a more like modest effort 
I think they realized that. It's like, okay, we're not going to catch the world on fire here, but we can have make a nice little game that can get a nice following and, you know, have some cute Pikmin with you. Yeah, I That's think all. the right. big benefit that Pokemon had uh, when they when they launched that game, when yeah, – I'm with you, Steve. I can't pronounce the dang name. Uh, <laughs> I think it's Neontic. 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 Yeah. When, when they launched that game – the biggest aspect they had going for it is the the aspect of being a collector. You know, there there are over 800 Pokemon in in the Pokemon universe now, whereas Pikmin, it's like you're just going to get different hats. And I know that Pokemon Go does the same thing where they'll be like, oh, well, here's, you know, a Pikachu with, with, a, with a tuba. Here's a Pikachu with uh-huh. a balloon. Um, and, and yes, I have all of those because I'm an addict. Uh, but I think that's where the lightning in the bottle comes from is just the fact that it was there's so many different variants and people have their favorite ones, whereas I don't think Pikmin is going to get that, although I am psyched to play it. We'll mm-hmm. see. Yeah, yeah, I, I could agree with that. I think uh, this Pikmin game faces an uphill battle because it doesn't have that same brand recognition that Pokemon has. Everybody knows Pokemon. Everybody with a with a wallet and a debit card knows right. Pokemon, and that's <laughs> yeah. exactly yeah. who Neontic wants wants uh, looking at this. Uh, Pikmin is yeah. a way harder sell just because uh, the first hurdle you have to clear is what the hell is Pikmin, and then they're like, right. oh well, they're little plant people, and well, how many of them are there? Like six. <laughs> there's uh-huh. there's there's six. There's a rock one. He's kind of cool. Um, yeah, I love Pikmin, and I'm I'm still you know I think when people get into it. It, it is definitely charming, but it is a way harder sell. Everybody knows Pikachu. Nobody's like nobody understands intrinsically why they should care about Pikmin, and I think uh, they'll have to explain it a lot. I think it'll do well with folks like us that follow Nintendo that have all played Pikmin. Uh, but sure. outside of that, you're going to have a really hard time, and it definitely will come nowhere near the success of Pokemon Go. Mm-hmm. Completely agree. Um, well. Speaking of taking walks and being out and about, this is exactly what you will not be able to, to do uh, with our next news story. <laughs> so let's go ahead and bring that up. And this was posted in our uh, newsroom channel by Fangs. And uh, that is that the Tokyo Game Show 2021 is going to be online. It is not going to be uh, in person again, presumably due to COVID concerns. Uh, so presentations and panels are going to be broadcast online with English translations. However, there will be a press-only physical event, uh, which I imagine will be super limited to, you know, for, for, for security reasons in terms of the pandemic. Um, but yeah, for anyone who is hoping that TGS 2021 might be in person this year, sorry to say. Darn, I can't go to Tokyo to do this because I can't. I know. I mean, if Super Nintendo World wasn't going to get me there, I don't think Tokyo Game Show is going to get me there. No. No. That's really interesting, though, because just uh, I want to say last episode we reported that PAX West is still planned to be a physical event, and those are right. very close to each other in terms of timeline. Uh, hmm. Tokyo Game Show is typically toward the end of August, I believe, and PAX West is usually early September, if not late August. Yeah, it's like usually Labor Day weekend, uh, PAX West. Oh, okay. Usually, yeah. 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 So so they're very, very close within weeks of each other, and... Uh, I don't know. I, I feel like uh, I, I always think that the U.S. is like the worst place for for everything that's going on. And maybe maybe that's not as true as I believe it to be. But um, I guess if TGS is getting canceled, I'm not going to hold my breath for PAX West actually happening either. Yeah. Well, there also may be different thresholds of, of security 
going on right between you know, between the two different countries. Um, you know, the U.S. for better and worse has been a lot more lax about COVID concerns. I, I would say in general, uh, mostly worse, um, maybe all worse. But you know, there may just be a difference in, in the, the thinking behind what is an acceptable level of risk between something like PAX and TGS in Japan. Um, sure. I will say that that I've never been to TGS. I've always wanted to. But I have seen pictures and video, and it is incredible. There's the usual L.A. siren on my end. Um, It is incredibly packed there. I mean, people are just shoulder to shoulder, and it's just... Uh, I've seen pictures, and it's just like... Mm -mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Even before this all happened, I'm like, no, (laughs) I can't can't do it. (laughs) My brother has been to TGS twice, and uh, he he told me it's just... uh, He's like... You just got to be ready to be deeply uncomfortable the whole time you're there. He's like, you will be in a sea of people. And no matter what yeah. you do, you like, you have to be prepared mentally to be in physical contact with another human. You don't know the entire time you're there. Cause it, it's always that packed. I'm like, Ugh, yeah. That sounds dis- and he's mm. like, it's hot. <laughs> like they do it Ugh. during the hottest part of the year in Japan. Ugh. And the AC is yeah. not great. So you're packed just shoulder to shoulder with sweaty ass people. I'm like, that doesn't sound fun at all. I can, you know, I'll, I can, I'll take yeah. these panels being broadcast in English with English translations. We're good. We're that good. sounds actually mm-hmm. horrible because I mean, even as someone, you know, we've all done plenty of conventions and, and I'm comfortable being around a lot of people in, in packed spaces, but I've also been to Japan during their summer season and oh, it's it awful is miserable. You, you walk outside. The worst for, humidity like within, I've ever experienced in my life. Oh yeah. Like in within three seconds of walking outside, you're just, dripping and in, in sweat from head to toe it's disgusting and i mm. cannot imagine having that in addition to just being shoulder to shoulder with a bunch of other hot sweaty smelly people uh, for hours no uh, thank you yuck. especially during a yuck. pandemic even if the pandemic is receding a little bit if it is or not even during whatever it doesn't matter i'm good on that you think that's going to change when when you know the vaccines have been distributed to people and and the virus isn't really that much of a concern do you think that people are going to be embraced the convention lifestyle or do you think that lifestyle is going to change uh, you know from what it was I, like you think that less people are going to go to it or nope i think more <laughs> people are going to go i i Probably. think yeah. i think what has happened is that people are so wound up and want to get outside and want to do these things i mean i i'm experiencing it personally i really want to go back to e3 and pax and see all my industry friends and i think that greedy corporations being what they are they are gonna capitalize on that like crazy they're gonna say oh we've we've somehow found a way to cram even more people into this shit and (laughs) and you know yeah show us show us a handwritten note that says you got the vaccine and you're good (laughs) to go as long as you give us nine hundred dollars for the privilege yeah i fully believe that they will find a way because the esa has to be hurting They've they've canceled right. two E3s now, and they probably, I imagine, desperately want to find a way to hold one. <laughs> um, and when they can, if if they can get away with it, they are going to find a way to to open it to as many people as possible. I think the only thing that will hold them back is if the exhibitors push back on it and say, mm-hmm. "Hell no, mm-hmm. we don't want this. We're the ones that pay you the most money." Uh, you know, because Sony, yeah. Nintendo, yeah. Microsoft, all of them. I mean, Sony and Microsoft have pulled out already. And Sony being as specific as I imagine a corporation would be saying, 
we just don't really like the form the show has taken. And maybe if they mm-hmm. change it, we'll come back. And so I think what it will take is the people with the biggest wallets voting against that and saying, we want this to go back to media and influencers only, or we're just not going to give right. you the $9 million we would have given you. <laughs> and you can just <laughs> sell that spot to someone else who probably doesn't want to blow $9 million on you either. Um, right. So, yeah, I, I think that, you know, if corporations have their way, they will absolutely find a way to to make these things not only as open as they were before, but denser and more packed, which is just a nightmare. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's hard, too, because, like, you know, I, I definitely share what you're saying, Steve, about feeling wound up. I can't wait to go back to conventions. I find myself hoping that PAX West can squeak out this year. But at the same time, you know, I have a real problem with, with you know, states that lift restrictions too quickly. And, you know, I think we should definitely be always be on the side of caution and safety when it comes to this pandemic. So at the same time, I'm definitely against doing this before it really is safe to do so, even though I find myself hoping that we can go this year. So it's it's a really, you know, something that none of us have ever lived through or dealt with. It's a very tricky thing to deal with. Just got to hope for the best, but, you know, yeah. be ready to not be able to do things for a while still. Exactly. And and various people in our chat are saying that they don't really expect conventions to really come back until 2022. And I, I agree. Yeah. Um, yeah. Again, I am hoping for PAX, but I kind of don't think it's going to happen. And uh, the, the main thing I'm hoping is that we do get MAG 2022. We'll see. But, uh, you know, safety first, though. And you don't, you don't, you know, don't fuck with the pandemic, man, right? Safety first. <laughs> yeah. And if we can all just hold out until it is actually really safe and enough of us are vaccinated to, you know, for us all to be safe, then convention on, man. Let's do it. Um, but uh, going back to Tokyo Game Show, just specifically, it is going to take place from September 30th to October 3rd. Uh, so, you know, of course, that'll be when we start hearing some announcements coming out of the show. Uh, delivered via online presentations, of course. Uh, and there is going to be a press event, as I said. It's going to be at the uh, Chiba City's Makuhari Messi Center, which is the usual home of TGS. Um, but, of course, we don't have any information on how you can get into that event, and I don't think any of us are going to be there. So probably Whatever. doesn't matter to us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. I, I will say I love the idea that we're getting online panels with English subtitles. I feel like this That's is awesome. the most accessible TGS has ever been. And I love yeah. that aspect of this. So I'll, I'll actually watch it. Uh, sometimes good news comes out of it, but also I'm just curious what TGS is like. And this is probably mm, the closest I'll get too. for quite some time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It would be nice if we could all go to TGS in a future year, like in a shared trip to Japan. I think that would be great. But uh, at, at the same time, though, now that I think of it happening in, in summer in Japan, I'm not sure I ever want to go, actually, now that I think of that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, by the way, uh, in the chat, Black Ninja says, Hey guys, finally made it to today's TNT. Hope everyone is having a good time. Well, thank you for making it to today's episode. We're glad you're here. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, we hope to see you in as many future episodes as possible. Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> well, let's go ahead and move on to the next story, uh, which has to do with uh, something we talked about, I believe, last week a little bit. So let's go ahead and bring that up. And this was posted in our news channel by Jess. Uh, Team Ninja's Fumihiko Yasuda uh, says that he would like to make an open world or sci-fi game with a focus on action like their previous titles, but probably more importantly to our audience, that he would really (laughs) like to see Ryu Hayabusa fight against Link and Sephiroth in Smash. Boy, wouldn't we all, or most of us, I think. I mean... I think that's something most developers say is like... Yeah, exactly. The question you get is like, would you like to see your character in Smash? (laughs) No shit. <laughs> yeah, of course. It's the Pope Catholic. Exactly. Yeah. 
Exactly. Um, you know, I think I think what makes this a little bit more notable is that Ryu Hayabusa is one of those characters that seems to have a leg up on some other characters. Not a, not all of them, but definitely mm-hmm. is it has his name has been thrown in the ring in terms of potential characters that could make an appearance in Smash. Uh, we did talk about this last week, I believe, with Cat Cat Bailey, and uh, we Yasuda also had mentioned in that interview that he had not gotten an invitation yet. So from you know from Sakurai yet. So now, of course, if he had, he probably wouldn't be able to say so. Definitely wouldn't be able to say so. But my my feeling here is that there's not really anything going on with Ryu and Smash. Or yeah, no. Smash. I mean, the thing is, I get that Ryu Hayabusa has a pretty strong legacy, and that there are definitely people that want to see him in Smash. But I mean, he hasn't been relevant for quite some time. Yeah. Basically, and since I, I don't even I don't even know if Ninja Gaiden three counts. Basically, Ninja Gaiden two. Right. Yeah. So, and, I, and I mean, yeah. I think the majority of people that do want to see him on a Nintendo platform want to see eight bit Ryu and not yeah not the Xbox era remake uh, or the mm. Dead or Alive <laughs> Ryu Hayabusa. Um, and I agree with that sentiment, but I just man, I do not know. I'm I'm at a point where I'm hard pressed to speculate on a character because there are all the obvious choices are gone. <laughs> right, <laughs> it feels like that, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, never I know. I, see I banjo or um, banjo uh, crash. Are we? <laughs> yeah, he's never going to be in Smash, man. No, it's never going to yeah, happen. I feel I feel like uh, Crash has just lost his chance, and I'm never speculating him on him again. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh-huh. I feel like we got uh, burned once. Master Chief would be one of the ones I'd really want. Like, one of the ones that is relevant to a degree that is not in there. Um, but then again, you know, if I'm talking FPS people, Doom Guy springs to mind as someone with a huge legacy who had a massive impact on gaming who is not in Smash. Who also and just has think of how Switch. cute the team ups would be with Doom Guy and Isabel. <laughs> oh, oh, man, that's that got to happen. That's got it. Like, like Isabel and Doom, they would uh, have to have like uh, unique win poses for beating each other. That would be that'd be pretty great. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I hear you guys. I mean, uh, I agree with you, Steve. Hayabusa hasn't been relevant in a long time. Although one could make the the argument that Banjo Kazooie hadn't been relevant in a long time at the time they got True. into Smash. But I do think it's a bit of a different. I think Banjo Kazooie was a lot more, a lot higher profile for Nintendo fans in their era. Than yeah, Hayabusa was I think on the, the NES. I think the difference is that Banjo Kazooie are inextricably linked to a Nintendo hardware platform. Like they were made yeah. on the N64, and they kind of both boosted each other's profiles in a way. And I can't think yeah. of another character that is not in Smash that has that type of link to Nintendo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Ninja Gaiden used to have it, but then you know the Xbox games, and that's sort of where it's modern legacy began so it's not really to that yeah to that degree yeah i think there's kind of an opposing like kind of an opposing dichotomy here where you have as you said steve decidedly most of the people who want to see hayabusa and smash probably want the 8-bit nes version whereas outside of that specific community modern hayabusa is probably more well known these days and still even then not all that relevant in 2021 exactly yeah i i just Honestly, when I try to think about who the next two fighters will be, I'm at something of a loss. I, I just... Me too. Yeah, I yeah. Have no Which idea. is kind of exciting, actually, in a way. 
it's kind of like exciting that all the obvious choices are gone. We got arms, we got Xenoblade two, you know, yeah. Where where do you go from here? Obviously, you have the most popular, still most wanted characters like Sora, Master Chief, Doom Guy, but all three of those also kind of feel unlikely for their own various reasons. So who knows? You know, who knows where it's going to go? I feel like it's going to be crazy. Whatever it's going to be, it's going to be nuts. Yeah. Uh, Andy, do you, do you have any, did you play uh, Ninja Gaiden back on NES or, or on Xbox? Do you have any history with the series? So I played a little bit of uh, Ninja Gaiden um, when it was out on the NES uh, before. Nice. Uh, we had we had a Nintendo as a, as a kid, uh, but it was our cousins, and my cousin got grounded, and so we got it for like a whole <laughs> nice. summer. And I was addicted oh, wow. to that game and the, uh, the Batman uh, Ooh, movie Batman. game. Oh, that was I had that one growing up. That was so such a much good one. Fun. Oh, such a good game. Yeah, oh, great soundtrack. Could too. never beat Joker, but I love that game. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I just like think back to all the games that I played when I was a kid, and like, should should as an adult I be able to beat these now? Maybe <laughs> I don't know. Was it because I was <laughs> yeah. a dumb kid, or do I just suck that bad? I don't know. <laughs> no, right. I went back and played it. I still got my butt kicked. They're really hard games. Yeah. Um, going back to what Yasuda said about the game he'd like to make, I, you know, given the incredible gameplay in all the Ninja Gaiden games, but, but in this case, the modern ones, I would like to see him take on or them take on a sci-fi game with Team Ninja's signature action. I think that could be really cool. I mean, we kind of saw that with Metroid Other M. True. And True, we people, did. People like the gameplay of Metro Other M. It's the... Yeah, it's everything else. The rest of the house, yeah. The, the one thing I would have said about, and I, I too enjoyed the gameplay of Other M. I just don't think you should have been able to abuse the sense move. Like, because you could just mash the D-pad yeah. and dodge every time. And that should have mm. been penalized, I think. But other than that, I actually did think Other M was a lot of fun. It was just everything else that was really unfortunate about that game. Um, that said, let's go ahead and uh, bring up our uh, next story, which I don't think we'll spend too much time on. But it is really cool. And this story was posted in our uh, uh, news topics channel by Topaz. Uh, so for you fellow video game music fans out there, uh, Bravely Default and Bravely Default 2 soundtracks are out today on Spotify. You can go listen to them right now on Spotify and get some Revo goodness uh, in your ears. And that's about all I have to say about this. These are two, well, one really great soundtrack and one what I presume is a really great soundtrack, though I haven't played the game yet, being Bravely Default 2. And um, yeah, I, I know, Steve, you've played a little bit of Default 2, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, I've played a little bit. Uh, neither game really, really grabbed me much. I still, I, I want to sit down and play with them, but like we talked about uh, on Monday, just the thought of starting a new RPG that I don't have to make content for is mm-hmm. daunting. Because I'm like, oh man, mm-hmm. I, you know, I, yeah, I'd love to play a hundred hour RPG, but one, there are so many in my backlog now. Which one do I choose? That answer is Dragon Quest XI. But I've, mm-hmm. I, you know, I still haven't beat that. I still haven't beat Persona Five. Uh, so, so Bravely Default keeps getting shifted down the list. But um, that said, my memory of Bravely Default and Bravely Default Two is that they have killer soundtracks. And yeah, I, I would absolutely this this is exactly the kind of music I'll listen to when I'm writing a script. So I I am probably going to hear the soundtrack for these games before i beat these games <laughs> um that is that Fair is enough. a very high likelihood and I, I i just love the fact that we're getting more and more game soundtracks on apple music on spotify on these Same. streaming services mm-hmm. because 
that's the kind of stuff I like to listen to. And, you know, it's nice to have the type of music I, I would like to hear on the services I subscribe to. So I'm, yeah. I'm all for it. Bring them all on. <laughs> yeah. I, I was listening. I was listening to the soundtrack before uh, we started and I, I played uh, the gongs of battle like four or five times in a row. Cause I was just like, this is a banger. This is a really <laughs> good track. And then I was like, all right, I need to go give Bravely Default 2 a- another shot. Like, I played the mm-hmm. demo, and I was like, ah. But, you know, I, I have mm-hmm. less of an excuse than, than Steve does because he's just a machine. <laughs> <laughs> no. I, it, it's always been one of those, like, I, I will get to Bravely Default at one point, but my RPG backlog is huge, and I'm going to be working on it. But just need more time. <laughs> exactly. It's just, yeah. I mean, you know, Breathe of Default 2, I want to play it, but again, it's a matter of time. And also, I keep hearing that uh, as good as the gameplay is, the story kind of takes a back seat, which is, I, I really enjoy the story and characters in Breathe of Default, and especially Bravely Second. So to have that aspect be apparently so pedestrian in Breathe of Default 2, it kind of makes me feel like I can wait a little bit. At the same time, though, I want to play it because, at least for me, and I know this is, you know, maybe a little fringe, but... For me, music spoilers are a thing. I really prefer, especially in story-heavy games, I really prefer to hear like a, a game's soundtrack in its proper context within the game before I just go listen to the whole thing, you know, be, you know, outside of that, mm-hmm. right? Like I want to know why a song is matters in the context of, of the game and the story, and but, but I'm also really desperate to hear the soundtrack because it's Revo and Revo's awesome. We all know Brave Default <laughs> One soundtrack's amazing. Um, I really want to hear this, but I do have to say I am a little disappointed that uh, that apparently Bravely Second is being forgotten here. Um, that soundtrack was done by Rio, and granted, it isn't as good as Bravely Default soundtrack, but it was still good in its own right. And between you know the, that soundtrack being left out here, and an infamous now interview with one of uh, with I think Bravely Second's either producer or director, wherein he basically apologized for the perceived drop in quality from Default to Second. It really feels like Seconds being unfairly maligned here when I thought it was the best of the series so far. And I, it was my favorite RPG of 2016. So, I don't know. It's a shame that Bravely Second seems to be getting written out of history. But at least we do have these two incredible soundtracks on Spotify now. Um, fortunately, Vedran Hotik in the chat seems to agree with me about Bravely Second, which I'm uh, very happy to see. Also, Audoodle asks, are they trying to forget Bravely Second happened? It seems like it, man. And that makes me very sad. Oh, well. Very sad. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Um, speaking of things that make me sad, we're about to, <laughs> this next news story. Uh, it covers that as well. So let's go ahead and bring that on. And this was posted in our server by CoolDude97. And I'm just going to go ahead and say it right out. If you were looking forward to watching the Mortal Kombat movie reboot in a couple of weeks uh, on April 16th, well, you're going to have to wait one more week because it just got pushed <laughs> back to April 23rd. So not as bad as it could be. You know, it is just a one week delay. It's important to you know put that in context. But damn, I want to watch this movie. And I'm so <laughs> excited. Um, but the official reason given is that uh, is Warner Brothers wants to give Godzilla vs. Kong more room to breathe. Which, hey, you know what? Yeah, They're both. Sense. Yeah, I mean, gobs and gobs and gobs of money were spent to make both of these movies. Of course they want to give, you know, Godzilla vs. Kong more breathing room. It makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of effort goes into to making uh, any film. And. Uh, with my limited experience working on some independent low budget films, uh, I, I understand that. And there's 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 a part of me that maybe maybe they're still tweaking. Maybe that's not all that's true because a lot of times 
they'll they'll still like fiddle and tweak and especially with with this ip they want to come out strong and they want to like completely say hey we're different than the 90s films this is a much better version i like the 90s films don't don't hate me for that i did i did enjoy (laughs) them but part of me thinks that maybe this is just like they want a little more time in the edit or something they're you know the executives aren't happy with or i don't know hmm possibly i I don't i don't know i still need to sit down and actually watch uh godzilla versus kong i want to try to do that tonight maybe Um, yeah it is actually it came out today right i believe yes came out today so i'm looking forward to that uh because i don't know i i i've not watched many godzilla films but i've always i've the ones i've seen i've always enjoyed um but I guess I'm easy to please. I don't go in with high expectations for these. I just like, does this monster punch this monster and the action's good? <laughs> Great. I don't yeah. care about anything else. Yeah, uh, that's kind of where I'm at with it. I don't have a lot of latent interest in Godzilla versus Kong. I've never really cared about either character, but it's but this one Kong specifically Skull Island seems was like solid. a really... I've heard that, and I kind of want to go back and see that, but I've uh, this movie specifically looks really cool, even if you're not a fan of the characters, you know, in, in particular. So... I kind of want to check it out as well. I'm kind of where you are, Derek. Uh, it does seem really cool. Sorry, I either cut off either Andy or Steve. I'm not sure who it was. I don't know. I love how both of you, like, I wasn't going to say Oh, maybe anything. not. I thought somebody was going to say something, and I guess not. Cool. Um, as, so, as far as Mortal Kombat, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing it. It's like I one week, whatever. <laughs> I can wait. Yeah, I, I, it I is will, one week. I will say that uh, Kong uh, versus Godzilla, or I know I flipped that, is going to be much better <laughs> than the original, which I have watched. The fact that they flew King Kong off the island with balloons was hilarious. I, I did see I my grandparents for whatever reason had a copy of that when I was really young and I remember watching it and I don't remember much of it, but I remember being uh like heck yeah, Kong won <laughs> in the end of uh, uh-huh. that one. I was like, I was oh, like, he's a Kong fan, huh? Mm. I, see, I don't know who I'm rooting for in this one because I like both. And I just like, mm. I, realistically, Godzilla has it though, especially if you've seen the end of King of the Monsters. Like, my God. <laughs> oh, really? Is it? Is it? Are there power levels that different in terms of... It, it feels it. I, well, the thing is, Kong, I think, has ag- agility on his side. Sure. Yeah, so. Kong Kong is faster, but Godzilla has like radioactive breath, and he seems physically <laughs> stronger. I mean, he's also got the homie space Godzilla. If you want to get down and yeah, I mean, and I, everybody's predicted. I have not seen the movie, so I have no idea if this is a spoiler or not because I'm just guessing. But these types of movies ha- usually have this versus this. Great, they're going to fight a third threat that shows up, and they have to team yep. up together, or some that third threat is controlling the one of the two. So right. That's going to be what, it. What is Kong's, like, main villain? Like, a white dude, isn't it? <laughs> like, like uh, it's Mothra, <laughs> and then, like, a white dude with a tranquilizer gun. Racist. And they're like, uh-huh. Well, no, in, the, in Skull Island, it was, a, it was a black dude. He was It was Kong versus Samuel L. Jackson, which, you know. I mean, to be fair, I would I would put my money on Samuel L. Jackson in just about any Yeah, way, so. <laughs> my too. Yeah. I'd be like, um, how many motherfucking snakes are involved in this fight? <laughs> exactly. Uh, I will say that I am I am uh, comfortable with believing Warner Brothers at their word here because I'm looking at the uh, the news story on Variety, and apparently Godzilla vs. Kong has already made 121 million dollars at the international box wow. office. Wow, it's right, awesome. and it's done it's done especially well in China, and generating 70 million dollars on its opening weekend alone. So that, that might be even better than King of the Monsters. So that's 
Right. That's good news. That's good news for the MonsterVerse. Yeah. yeah. I'm right. a huge so, Kaiju fan, so that's that's hell yeah. Makes me happy. Be- yeah. Because and, uh, King of the Monsters did not do that well. So it mm-hmm. if if Godzilla vs Kong wasn't already in production, that would have been it probably. See, I right. I think, and uh, I mean I was going to say my right. my expectations going into any Kaiju movie are ridiculously low, and that's exactly mm-hmm. where I want them to be. Like I yeah. go to Kaiju movies for the cheesiest, corniest movie. Yeah. That I can watch, like if if they threw like Ultraman into this movie and he started kicking the shit out of one or both of them, I'd still love it. Like, there's don't even you joke, do. man. That would be dumb. Uh-huh. I know, oh, right? <laughs> God, isn't there like an Ultraman Shin Ultraman coming from? You know, since we got Shin Godzilla, now there's Shin uh, Ultraman coming from the same director. Man. Oh man, if that's Ultraman, true. I haven't heard that name in a while. I had the, or at least one of the SNES Ultraman games. I, I think there were probably multiple in Japan. I don't know how many ever came out here, but it was just some some kind of not so great one on one fighting game that I just that I had. I don't know why I had it, but I, I do remember it pretty clearly. And I think I used to watch some Ultraman show back in the day. Ultraman um, was on US TV when we were all kids. Okay, yeah. then that's I'm sure that's where that's why I remember and, it. And maybe and Netflix, I wanted the game. Netflix has brought it back. Um, oh, have they? They, okay. they? they redid. They did it in a uh, anime style, uh, like. But I think oh, they, nice. I believe they use like the computer generated stuff that a lot mm. of people hate on. So, mm-hmm. and yeah. I'll, I'll do a point out. We got to get Jet Jaguar in there, and then yes! Godzilla's signature Jet Jaguar. Move. Oh, <laughs> this, is, this is a fun there's, day for me. There's no scenario where adding more kaiju to a kaiju movie makes it worse. Right, it just keeps yeah. getting better. Throw Goemon Impact in there. I don't care. <laughs> there was, oh, hell there was, yeah! What was it? I think it was yeah. Godzilla 2000, where they it was right after uh, the we put out the Matthew Broderick version. We mm-hmm. as an Americans, and and they 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 were talking about that Godzilla, and they were like, "Oh, the Americans think it's Godzilla, but it's not." And they actually had Godzilla fight him. And anytime that Godzilla was on screen, they played some forty one music. That, <laughs> yeah, that was the yeah. idea. Yeah, I of think what that's America Godzilla. Was. I think that's Godzilla Final Wars. Final because, Wars. Yes. 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 <laughs> they made a specific. They made a point of because they referred to it as just Zilla, Zilla and they made yes. a point of it to render it in CG rather than actual use the you know typical suits. And the battle lasted all of. 30 six, seconds. six seconds. Yeah. It's literally Zilla yeah. jumping, Godzilla smacking him with his tail, sending into the Sydney Opera House, <laughs> and then blasting with his atomic breath. Done. Done. <laughs> yeah, nice. it, it was just there, the, Japan's way of saying, no, no, this is, this is Godzilla. <laughs> I love uh, this. All I, think. Oh, good, Steve. I was going to say, I love Audoodle's suggestion in the chat. Add Super Saiyan Mario from Bowser's Fury. <laughs> Why not? Hell, hell yes. yeah. Why not? Um, this all thankfully reminds me of something that I wanted to watch with you guys in the post show last week, but we didn't have time and I meant to do it on Monday, but we forgot. And now I've remembered today because of this new story. Oh, I'm yes. excited. Nice. I'm very excited. Nice. Um, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, if Godzilla versus Kong is already doing as well as it is, why give it, yeah, give it room to breathe. If it's, you know, Mortal Kombat's going to do very well within its own right. So as much as I don't want to wait another week. It does make sense. And it gives us more um, time to prep for an eventual Mortal Kombat discussion, which I'm willing into exactly. existence. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, oh, so boy. this was just slightly unfortunate news, but this next news story is deeply, genuinely bad news. So let's go ahead and get that up on screen. And this was posted in our server by Lucas and Cream Basics. And uh, essentially, uh, according to the gamer, 
PS Vita developers found out about the impending PS Vita PlayStation Source closure at the same time as the public, which that hmm. I'm already I, I know how upset we all already are at Sony for the fact that these stores are closing at all. But that's so scummy, man. That's that they got no advance warning ahead of the public. Mm. That just leaves such a bad taste in my mouth. Wow. And I, I and I've seen some really shitty takes on on Twitter and and Resetera about well, you know, they're they're PS Vita developers in 2021, so they really should have known better. No, screw that. There there's just a base level of honor here. Yeah, I mean, sure. They're developing for a essentially a dead platform, which is ironic considering it's called the Vita. Yeah, but <laughs> still, there's just a basic level of decency here that I that I feel is warranted. And Sony didn't even, especially that. because there was apparently they were still earning, you know, income from those games. Exactly. <laughs> so they they're literally just cutting off the income because guess what? Now people are going to pirate it, pirate it instead. People are still playing those it. games. They're still playing the Vita, and and I I'm just so confused why they're still cutting off these systems. But I I have no idea. And and apparently this has spurred uh, some you know some Vita indie developers to really just go hard on the on crunch and just rushing as much as they can to get their games through the PS Vita store before it's taken offline. And that's just not how it should be. It sucks. Yeah, it, it's it's a terrible situation all around. I think that it shows a, a lack of respect for the folks that are making those games. You know, you would think yeah. that they would email them not just days, but months in advance and say, hey, you know, we know you might be working on something, but we're about to do this. Just FYI, if, if you're thinking of starting up a new project, maybe don't. Or maybe port it over to to the PS5 or something, anything. A, a professional courtesy would have been really nice here. It's it's a shame to hear that they didn't extend that. Yeah. It, it really feels like Sony's developing a uh, new villain <laughs> for people to really hate because yeah. all this is being firmly placed at Jim Ryan's feet. Yeah, Which, especially they're... in the face of, of uh, Microsoft comparatively really putting effort into preservation of their back catalog. They could be doing better for sure. But at least they're putting some effort in. Didn't Banjo, Kazooie, and Tui just become playable? I saw John tweeting about something like that. I believe so. I was going to say one piece of news that I think is really cool that we didn't put on the show, and I I wish I had. I'm remembering it only now, but Microsoft did announce today that XCloud now supports Xbox 360 and Xbox. So so they, they added a bunch of, you know stuff from their back catalog to their xCloud service for no additional charge which is is a really cool way to play it i'm not i'm not going to go as far to say as it's it's a good move for preservation because if they ever decide to turn off the lights on xCloud no one owns those games still um, right right but a lot of those i think all of those same games that are supported you can purchase and they've been purchasable for years now but you know it, it's cool to see that they're adding backwards uh, support to to uh, xCloud as well, in case you don't want to buy an Xbox, because not a lot of people do. <laughs> so Right. Yeah. Well, it's done. hopefully, it's I mean, I, I, I can say hopefully, but hopefully nothing. There's really no, <laughs> there's no silver lining to this story. You no. know, the, the store is still closing and developers still got, you know, no advance notice before the public. There's really nothing good to say about this, unfortunately. Nope. Um, but 
Thankfully, our next news story is really exciting and really positive, especially for me. So let's go ahead and get that up on screen. And uh, this, of course, is posted in our Discord by uh, the GVG community's resident, or one of our resident hardcore Mega Man fans, 112. And that is that the mobile game Rockman X Dive might be coming to Steam. Uh, now, this is particularly exciting because the game so far has remained exclusive to Japan, Taiwan, Australia, New Zealand, and I think a couple of other territories, but it's it's not in the U.S., I can tell you that, or else I'd be playing it. Um, but there there apparently have been longstanding plans to bring Rockman X Dive out, you know, to the West, and Steam could be how it happens. And let me tell you guys, I mean, I don't have to tell you, it's obvious, I would so much rather play a Mega Man X game on Steam than mobile, right? And mm-hmm. I, I just, I want that, that, I know you can, you can connect a controller to your phone and stream your phone to your TV, but I don't want to do that. I want to just play it on, you know, <laughs> either if I can't, not, not consoles, but Steam. So uh, this story, of course, does come from Proto Dude's Rockman Corner, and uh, they do specify that this is not an early April Fool's joke. Um, this all comes according to a verified Rockman Corner source. Uh, and that is essentially that the latest version of Rockman X Dive's client makes several allusions to Steam. Um, English prompts such as the account has been banned by Steam VAC, Steam product ID doesn't match, Steam purchase failed, and you are not logged into your Steam account. Please start the game on the Steam panel. I mean, doesn't seem like the writing's on the wall here. Man, I mean, it'd be I'm... cool if it was Steam in other consoles as well. Yeah, well, yeah I wish. I'm, I'm just going to say what I always say, and that's take this news with like a pound of salt and the only reason i say that is because we have seen a lot of different things data mined out of games that are there for no reason uh Mm -hmm. famously grand theft auto 5 and red dead redemption 2 had switch controller layout information in them right everyone's like oh those games are coming to switch and well they're not here (laughs) nope um (laughs) that being said i you know and i don't know the history behind this maybe the steam info was just added to the game which would be definitely interesting um it's also entirely possible that uh perhaps they have a steam build that they use to test and debug with and you know Mm. it's easier to have a group of testers test things on a pc where they can record footage easier and and have access to logs and stuff like that um than than having people test on a phone necessarily if you want kind of what they would call uh i think it's called white box testing where you can see what's okay. going on behind the scenes uh phones are are traditionally more locked down than that but i mean like i said i don't know the background i would love for this to be on steam i would absolutely love it mm-hmm. um i remember you and i ash we were talking about uh, some cool designs that came from this game like some exclusive uh mega man yeah armor designs and i was like damn where the hell do these come from and you introduced me to the game and I've wanted to play it, but yeah, it hasn't been worth the effort to like download the APK and install it and, you know, do all, all the things I'd have to do to trick my phone into thinking I should be allowed to play this. Uh, right. So if it comes to steam, I will absolutely pick it up and check it out. Um, even though I don't know much about it, but hell it's anytime a new Mega Man game comes out, that's good news. So hopefully this is, you know, hopefully we find out what tomorrow (laughs) that that this is actually coming. So yeah, actually, uh, on that note, uh, in addition to this, you know, potentially the game potentially coming to Steam, uh, the Rockman X Dive, I believe it's a Twitter account and website, have kind of hinted at the next big update to the game is coming in April, which might add an AR mode. And uh, you can look at this on the website right now. 
where you can actually see like X running around in, in augmented reality. And uh, we were talking about this before recording, Steve. It is, of course, worth noting that this news is dated for April 1st. So this could all be one big April Fool's joke, at least in terms of the AR part. Uh, who knows? But I, as I understand it, it, it is not an April Fool's joke. So who knows? It might be, but I'm not really into AR stuff anyway. And even as a giant Mega Man fan, I'm not sure this would really get me to super embrace it. I'd probably try it once and never do it again. But, you know, kind of cool to see X in, in augmented reality. I have to. So I'm looking at this site and I love I love this. But apparently one of the things that are like re- uh, introduced. I think I know where you're going with this. Is uh-huh. a Mega Man Volnet alt where it's bad Mega Man yep. Volnet. Basically, in that game, you could be a jerk by, by like kicking dogs, uh, <laughs> destroying property. Oh. Um uh, going to the grocery store to buy adult books, uh, and you could just d- if, like completely tank your uh, um, reputation, and it causes Mega Man's armor to become darker and darker. And they have artwork here of <laughs> Mega Man Volnet where it's just him with shades and a suitcase, and he's just nice. like with dark armor, just like yeah, I'm bad. See, it's so I love it's it. so great. I love it. Yeah. As a legend stan, I just oh god, I love it so much. This is yeah. why I'm skeptical though. Like I, I really can't believe that that's a real thing. I want it to be. I absolutely They made want bad it to box be. art Mega Man. I could give that a That's you know, fair. I, I, let me help. I mean And I have to say, I can see why on its face you might not you know, you might think that could be evidence of this all being a big joke. Uh, Steve, but I have to say there are a lot of playable characters in Rockman X Dive that have never been playable in previous games that you wouldn't expect to see here, like you know CL and Copy X, and so in terms of the the range of playable characters that's already in this game, I gotta say Bad Mega Man doesn't seem that far fetched to me. I mean, it, 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 th- th- this game has gone really hard on the fan service. I, I think Mega Man kicking dogs and buying porno though is where where I'm kind of like. Wait, you buy like, porno? <laughs> yes, that's that's yeah. that's, that's how that's you get bad Mega Man. Naughty yeah. Mega Man. Yeah, exactly. Naughty. He's very naughty in that game. Well, he can also game. walk in on roll uh, changing. I think in the bathroom, but I don't oh, yeah. know if that actually affects what your. What a perv. Your, yeah, I, I don't know if it changes. I just know I that in does. the second, it, it, it's possible to do in both games. I just remember in the second game that after you do it, he does a victory pose where he's, mm, yeah, he <laughs> does. I think that happens in the Western version too, if I remember correctly. I've yes, done it. Does. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I mean, I I feel like this could all be real. Um, I, I don't think Bad Mega Man being playable is too far out of the realm of possibility with the characters that are already in Rockman X Dive, but. If it is an April Fool's joke, it's a really good one. Um, but I, I do hope it's real. Hmm? Oh, I, I, no, I just agree. That if... Yeah. Uh, Juan in the chat asks, is the green biker dude from Mega Man X2 playable? I don't I don't think so. I, he should be. It wouldn't surprise me if he was, but I, I don't have a list of playable characters in front of me, but and it is quite extensive. Ditto M. A role is not his sister in... Uh, oh yeah, the Legend no. Series. That's important to specify. Yeah, they are not related. They in are Mega Man not Legend related at all. whatsoever. Yeah, if anything, they're they're each other's nice. love interests. There's kind of like a like a bit of a romantic connection between them, but they are not mm. brother and sister. And and raised together, Legends. but not siblings. Yes, raised. Yeah, exactly. So let's make that very clear. Um. So yeah, childhood I really. I, so go ahead. Childhood childhood friend. That's the best way to put it. Go. Exactly. So here's hoping this, though, at least the Steam thing I hope is real, because I really would like to play this game uh, on a format that isn't mobile. But 
we'll see. Uh, in the meantime, let's go ahead and move on to our final news story of the day. All right. And this was posted in our uh, channel by Fangs. And uh, good old Cyberpunk 2077 is back in the news today. Uh, and uh, Apparently, CDPR has, quote-unquote, reconsidered and possibly canceled Cyberpunk's multiplayer plans. Now, I can't say I'm surprised, given just the complete shit show that was Cyberpunk's launch. However, I will say that I was not aware of, of uh, any such multiplayer plans in terms of what form that was going to take. Um, Steve, I know you play the hell out of this game. Are you uh, familiar at all with what this multiplayer was going to be? I am. Uh, so okay. the, the the article makes some weird assertions uh, that it was going to be like a standalone game, but that was kind of your typical corporate PR bullshit. Uh Cyberpunk was planned to have a multiplayer add-on. Similar, I mean, they never showed it or really talked in great detail about it, but it was thought to be uh, Cyberpunk's take on GTA Online, just getting people into Night City, which I agree, on its face, pre-release sounded really cool. But uh, the problem is that Night City just doesn't have things to do. Like, there's, you can't just walk around Night City and find stuff to, to do. So they would have had to dramatically flesh out Night City and mm. give you, like, I don't know, places to go, actual objectives. I mean, it is, it is uh, very clearly a single-player story-driven game. Um, it, it never mm-hmm. at any point, even though it is theoretically an open world, it never has that open world feeling because... You're, you're literally just driving between quests. That's all you ever do. Like, mm. you can't say, oh, I'm going to stop off and buy a new car or buy a yacht or, you know, get a plane. I, I'm not going to go break into this place for fun and see who I can kill or rob or whatever. There's there's no, there's nothing outside of scripted elements within Cyberpunk. And, I mean, it makes sense when you think about how hot this game came in and how unfinished <laughs> it was. Uh tacking a multiplayer mode onto the game as it exists today just i can't see it happening and if it did happen i can't see it being any fun i mean <laughs> it, it's just unfortunate i just think focus that, on getting that single player right <laughs> yeah i think i think that cdpr excels really well at creating big open world single player games so you know mm-hmm. full of scripted stuff um i don't think that they know really or or have the ability to make a persistent online game that people would at the at the level of quality that people would expect from them well maybe not anymore but (laughs) before cyberpunk i think people would have expected like the witcher 3 but completely online and that that could have been cool but i don't think uh, Mm -hmm. i think we've all realized that that they have some pretty hard limits that they don't know how to work around yet so I mean, if they have to cancel this, yep. I don't think anybody's going to mourn its loss. I think that they still no. have at least at least a year worth of development time to fix all the issues with Cyberpunk. And who even knows if they're going to do that? We got a patch, I want to say yesterday or, or two days ago, and I actually, for the first time in a right. long time, started up Cyberpunk. And I still noticed a lot of jank. Like, I was like... It's, <laughs> I, it's I feel like that jank's going to be there for a while. It's like uh. every time I give it another shot, I jump back in, and I, 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 see, I see it just like you said, and it's just like, I can't. I just can't. I, I, lose, I lose interest in the story because of all the crap that's going wrong in the game. You know, floating chopsticks and, and, and people T-posing and their pants falling off. And just, <laughs> it's so bad. It's like, it's, why? Well, 
the funny thing is, I feel like at least so I've only played maybe twenty minutes of the update. Um, but you know, I, I recently got a brand new computer, and so I was like, "Oh man, I should throw Cyberpunk at this thing and see how it works." I had played Cyberpunk fairly extensively on the old computer, and yet somehow it felt like it performed worse than it did pre-update. So, um, like, I had never noticed texture pop in on the PC version. I'd seen it plenty on PlayStation, but um, I was driving along, and and the game was running noticeably smoother, which. I'm going to blame on the expensive hardware it's running on and not on the game being better optimized. Mm, but right. then as I was driving, like elements of the street just started to render in front of me as though the computer couldn't handle what the hell was going on. I was like, nope, I'm done with you. <laughs> Alt F4, baby, I'm out. <laughs> like, it was so uh, sad. The amount yeah, of hyper on this yeah. game. And then I wanted to, I wanted this to be like my game of the generation. And Man, it, it's so far from it. It's unfortunate because yeah. I think there is the beginning of a really good game. Just the folks working on it didn't get the time they needed, and yep. people got yeah. greedy, and shit happens. Oh, well. Well, we've got a really important yeah. message in the chat from JC saying, will they release Cyberpunk before the PS3 store closure? Nope. I don't know. I don't no. know. <laughs> yeah, I'm guessing not. You won't be able to play it on your PS3. Sorry. <laughs> yeah right that's all um, romsky 113 also says i mean it kind of is a game of the generation just for all the wrong reasons you know also, what that's a really yeah. good point yeah that is, that is true um imran our our friend posted on twitter recently a very similar to jc's question he he actually tweeted uh will will uh cdpr manage to get cyberpunk on the psn before the ps4 store closes oh I mean, that's, a valid <laughs> that's question even better too. that's <laughs> also yep it sure is. I kind of feel like that's just going to get canned altogether. I don't think they're going to even try to release it on PS4 at this point. No. Honestly, uh, yeah. I, and I, Xbox One. I think that they're still beating that dead horse because mm -hmm. uh, they recently released a statement saying they're hopeful with this most recent update that, like I said, came out two days ago or so, that they are getting closer to having it reinstated on PSN. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and they do mention very specifically... I. I have not dared to try it. Hopefully there's a YouTube out there braver than me that will. Uh, they said it performs much better on base PlayStation 4 and Xbox One, but what what right. that even means, who knows? All right. Okay. Sure. I mean, I, I hope Mega Man Legends 3 will come out someday too, but, you know, I'm kind of realistic about what that hope actually means. But, you know, I do yeah. I do hope really that, that maybe this can work out for the base versions of, of the systems just so, you know, people who really want to play the game on those platforms can you know, so yeah. hopefully that can happen. Um, but that does bring us to the end of the news for today. Now, Andy, because you're one of my good buddies, I already know that you are a supremely talented entertainer, content creator, animator, everything else. But for those of us who aren't lucky enough to, uh, you know, have you in their circle of friends, can you please tell them where they can find you on, on the Internet? I would be happy to, Ash. Uh, I I just dropped a new YouTube video today over on the Iron Andy YouTube channel, uh, and it is called Roscoe the Potato Man, and it is very very <laughs> funny. It's if you love animated potatoes, you're gonna love that one. Uh, also, I stream a few days a week on Twitch at Iron Andy, and I'm also on uh, Instagram at Iron Andy MK85. Because I'm such a dork, I picked out a favorite armor from the MCU. Hell yeah. 
Night. Well, we're all dorks here, that, that, so that you're in good company. And also, you just recently, uh, your YouTube channel just recently became monetized, right? Yes, I'm. I'm a big oh, boy. Awesome. I'm not. I'm not as as cool as you guys, but I'm getting there. Uh, and, and it's just, it's really, it's really nice to see that I've kind of found like the type of videos that people like to watch. And um, it's, and it's just, it's really cool that the community that we're starting to build. So nice, it's awesome. Awesome. Well, dude, thanks again for being our guest today. We're really uh, happy to have you here and we'd love to have you back someday, man. I'm in. Awesome. Well, as always, we do have to extend a huge thank you to our patrons at the producer tier for helping to make this show happen, because without you, it would not be happening. We wouldn't be here doing all this cool stuff uh, three days a week with you. So thank you so much for your support. But in addition, a massive, massive thank you to our patrons at the executive producer tier and above. And those fine folks include Jared Edinger, Brandon Bovia, Rob Arman X, Dan Entwistle, Z Patty, Hyrule Hermit, Sky Blue Flames, Adam O'Sullivan, Richard Herrera, Michael Phone, Floating Mew, Aiko Carroll, Christopher, The D-Pad, Vesmio, Waffle King, Nick Waterman, Jesse M, aka Kitty Confax, Angel Martinez, Vedran Hotik, Macalau, John, Joshua Hunter, Evernight Studio, Benny Yao, Shadow the Cat, Azran127, Kinrule09, Jake Pelka, Geller, Joseph Rutkin, Titus Malvolio, Charlie Bird, Lucky Wonderfish, Topdog23100, Young Ben Kenobi, Charles Zaz, Douglas Chomix, Andrew Medeiros, Orem, Phantom23, Scott Barber, Patrick Harrison, Becca, Rocks the Cat, Fizzyway Coyd, Loyal Dingo, Flaming Highwayman, Sean Garrett, The Legend of Groose, Eddie B, Kai Ed, Kit Fisto, West Egg, Master Lynx, Sean Davis, Deaneth, Jackson Jordan, Michael McCaw, Matthew Wong, Ashish Joshi, Goron Amber, Straight Lace, Hubi, Wolf X Blake and Moon Macarons, Kane, Captain Finlandia, 60 minutes and 60 seconds. The Game Orb, Dano the Artist, Synchro Lord, Brainchild, Rosa Pardo Bowling. Hi, Mom. The Flying Tacos, Scuff196, Skull Kid Tiger, AJB Cool, Ship Damage Mike, Jason Uloa, Jaden Buck, Phantom Project, Wheezy Penguin, and finally, Anthony Wilson jr now remember you too can become a patron over at patreon.com slash gvgaming where you can support us at any number of tiers including our five dollar live audience tier which allows you to interact with us and our special guests uh, for every recording of today's news tonight but of course whether you support us on patreon or not or you just you know drop a like and a subscribe here on youtube we love you all the same we value every single one of you all your support so thank you so much and uh, yeah, so we'll see you next time uh, on Friday, really. And until then, good night and good vibes. Bye, everybody. Rest Bye, in peace, everyone. Mario. Bye. Bye. <laughs>